Hello to all you doinks out there. I want to welcome you all back. We are now officially at week five. Five. Wow. This is week five Holy of sports. God, week five. We are just rolling along with the sports, man. It has been a hectic week in sports between coach hirings in Major League Baseball, the NFL season, teams are being turned upside down. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in right there. I'm gonna give a little bit of a preview next week. Okay. To next week's episode, considering the trade deadline is the 29th of October, that means there won't be any more trades. We're going to break down every single trade that happened in the NFL from the beginning of the trade start, trade starting, to the last trade of the trade deadline Yep. next week's episode. Uh, I'm 100% behind that. Because I don't want to talk any anything right now about it because I want to do, like do it all at once. Yeah. And don't forget, next week... Bears, Eagles. Yes. We will be we there. We will be at that game. And we will be doing some stuff on Facebook Live. Yes, we will. So anybody who wants to see the Bears-Eagles game and see true reactions from either myself cheering or crying, because I will be in Philly surrounded by a bunch of these maniacs, mm-hmm. just watch yeah. the Facebook Live we're, video. We're, we're, we're underdogs. We're finally at underdog status because we're three and four. <laughs> Who knows? We both might be losing records. We might by the be time. four and four next week, and I might be, and the Bears might be three and four. Who yeah. the hell knows, man? But it's been a it. It was a whack. We talk about wacky weeks in wrestling. Yeah. This was a wacky week in the NFL because these are the standings coming out of Week Seven. You've got the Packers leading the NFC North at six and one. The Vikings are five and two. The Bears are three and three, and the Lions are two three and one. The South Saints are six and one. Panthers are four and two. Bucks are two and four. Falcons are one and six. The East, which got, I mean, it is what it is. The East the, are horrid. The right Cowboys now. are four and three. Eagles three and four. Giants two and five. Redskins one and six. The NFC West, which in my opinion has actually supplanted the North as the best division. Yes, because it is. you've got the 49ers who are undefeated at six and zero. Oh, the Seahawks are five and two. The Rams are four and three. And the Cardinals are three, three, and one. And legitimately, they could be four and three if they had beaten the Lions. Yeah. AFC North, Ravens five and two, uh, and then everybody else is just losing records. Browns two and four, Steelers two and four, and the Bengals big over in that win column zero and seven. The AFC South, Colts took command of that division. That big win this past week, four and two. Texans four and three, Jaguars three and four, Titans three and four. This is going to be a tight division throughout the rest of the year. It all depends on Minshew's mustache magic. That's in my opinion. We'll see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. AFC East. Ah, damn Patriots. Six and zero. Bills five and one. Jets one and four. Dolphins zero and six. Yeah, the Bills were seven points away from being six and zero, and the Patriots being five and one. I know. So that top two, though, I can guarantee you, looking at the AFC, those two teams will be in the playoffs. It it really all depends on what happens with uh, the North. The, no, not no, the North. The AFC uh, South. South. Yeah, because the AFC West um, Chiefs are five and two, Raiders are three and three, Broncos are two and five, and Chargers are two and five. And like I said, um, the West has supplanted the North and the NFC as far as the yeah. best division. Every team's got a um, has got a winning record or is at least five hundred, and they're all playing good ball right now. I mean, the Seahawks did have a loss this past week, but I will get into that loss yeah. because I have some really big notes that highlighted that. Yeah, but let's kick off. Thursday night football last week was the Chiefs and Broncos. Chiefs get a big win, 30-6, to but they kind of walk out of that game a little bit of a mash unit. Your star quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes is out. leaves in the second quarter with a dislocated knee. And I think the grossest thing about this whole situation is they put the knee back in place on camera 
on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uh Yeah. You could pass. you could watch you could see the play happening, you could see his knee come out of place, and then you could see him lying on the ground and the trainer come over and put his knee back in place. <sighs> now, I don't know if the MRI came back yet. Um I don't know if there's any ligament damage or anything, but apparently he's he's doubt- questionable. Questionable for this week. I'm pretty sure he's questionable That's for this incredible. week. Incredible. That is just incredible. Um, I can bro- guarantee he's not going to play. They're not going to ruin. No, they not can't. Gonna- you can't risk uh, it. Yeah, you can't risk it. You got a couple of big games coming up uh, in the upcoming weeks. Um, the Broncos only had one st- scoring drive in this mm-hmm. entire game. It was the first drive of the game, and honestly, they shouldn't have scored because they were assisted by the Chiefs with dumb penalties. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? From pass interference to defensive holding to a face mask on third and third and long. It's just dumb penalties. You know are the things that can get you in trouble when you face the better teams, like when they face the Patriots. These are the types of things that they can't do when they face the Patriots. Um, Chiefs defense, though, finally did show up, showed some teeth, nine sacks, you know, three forced fumbles, and they returned one for a touchdown. So, mm-hmm. um, again, you're kind of picking on some cannon fodder here with the Denver Broncos and Joe Flacco. He's kind of yeah. just a, he's a standing target, and he's not Brady where he understands where he's going with the ball. Yeah, right he's away. not Manning either. And he's not. Well, yeah, but you don't have to worry about Manning. Manning's retired. Yeah. So, I'm oh. saying I'm saying former Broncos oh, yes, quarterback yes, Manning. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it's just one of those things where the Chiefs defense has to tighten up on the little things because extending drives against premium teams in the NFL like the Patriots, it's going to come back and bite you. So don't make those kinds of dumb penalties that extend drives and give them a chance to put some points on the board because yeah. the Patriots will make you pay for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, going into Sunday, the Rams got to play against Swiss Cheese. Rams 37, Falcons 10. Um Falcons D is not doing anything. Um, the only thing you can really compliment them on is they were able to stop the Rams a couple of times in the red zone and force field goals. Um, I think that's more of a uh, statement on the fact that the Rams still don't have their offense together and haven't had it together since the Super Bowl mm-hmm. more than it's a, a positive for the Rams, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. For the Falcons, I mean, in my opinion, because that Falcons D put no pressure on Jared Goff all game. They... They're just awful. I'm sorry. They're just awful. That 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 defense. Again, I'll keep going back to it. They have so much talent, and I I have some statistics I'll go over with you guys later as far as the the Falcons are concerned going into Week Eight. But man, some defensive numbers are really bad for these Falcons. Yeah, I'm the one that had them in the in the playoffs. Yep. Well, it's okay. I had the Steelers. Um, this was definitely a get right game, though. You know what I mean for the uh for the Rams offense, but they still, like I said, they're not back in form at all where they were last year. Um, Dolphins-Bills. This game was unnecessarily close. Yeah, it was. Unnecessarily. I mean, they did win the game (laughs) 31-21. It should have been a 31-10. Yeah. And the fact that the Dolphins got their first lead of the season in this game, and they were going into the fourth quarter, they were up 14-9. I mean... The Bills just were not shop coming out of the bye. No. And this is not what you want to see from a team that's 5-1 and one and is chasing the Patriots in their division. Mm-hmm. You, you you have to be shopped against these. Yeah, these, considering you're going against an 0-for team yeah. in your division. In your division. And you're at home. Yeah, which it, this team is going to be competing for the number one pick. Yeah, tanking for Tua. That's what's basically going on. Um, I did like the last score of the game, though. If you go back and you watch the highlights of this game, Micah Hyde returns an onside kick for a touchdown to seal the that game. That was such that, a good. I mean, that's that a play was a you, great hurdle. That's a play you never see. Yeah, it, it never happens. That's a college play. Yeah, it is. It's a very college esque play, and that was the last time Micah Hyde was any good, in my opinion. So, yeah. Another O for team over here. The uh, Jaguars beat the Bengals twenty seven seventeen. 
Um, the Bengals played themselves right out of this game. Um, they weren't efficient at all on offense. Um, they were only averaging less than five yards per play. And four more turnovers for the Bengals. So, again, played themselves right out of the game. But Minshew's mustache magic, my friend, he got some. He was able to benefit. Leonard Fournette had a good game. And Josh Lambeau, who, you know, the team's kicker, went 4-4-4 four for four on field goals. So yeah, It's always good. Minshew sets him up. Fournette keeps uh, Minshew protected. And then Lambeau goes and kicks the field goals. So it was nice. This was a, I mean, I just don't get it. The Vikings, they just keep winning. Yeah. They just keep winning. And Kirk Cousins just keeps shutting me up. I mean, I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, You don't have faith in him. No, nope, I still don't have faith in him. I don't care. I mean, the Vikings get a big win. Kirk Cousins has another big game. 24 for 34, 337, four touchdowns. But this Lions D didn't register a sack. And Dalvin Cook went off in this game. Mm-hmm. Two more touchdowns, 142 yards. I mean, the only highlight you could really say for the Lions was Marvin Jones. Four receiving touchdowns. Four. He had three in the first half. I mean, he's become the new Megatron for Matt Stafford. Yeah. He's just looking at, where's Marvin? Where's Marvin? Where's Marvin? Oh, there he is. And throws the ball to him. That's pretty much all it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, another blowout by another team in the NFC North. The Packers beat the Raiders 42-24. And I thought the Raiders were going to come out shopping this game. I really did. Coming off the bye week. Coming off a really big win the week before against the Bears in London. I thought maybe they were going to show up. And, you know... Somebody did. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is having a stellar start to his rookie season. In his last two games, he's won over 120 yards. Um, But, man, the thing that changed this game basically flipped everything that was happening in this game because it was close to this point. Um, Carr goes to reach into the end zone for a touchdown, and he fumbles the ball out of the end zone. That's a touchback. That means the Packers get the ball at their 20. They go the other way. They score a touchdown going into the half. They get the ball after the half, and then they score another touchdown. It basically took the game from a four-point game to an 18-point game in less than five minutes. And yep. at that point, you're taking um you're taking Josh Jacobs out of the game at that point because oh, yeah. you can't be turning around and handing off the ball. Yeah. Um. Aaron Rodgers finished with a perfect passer rating though. Good good old discount double check. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Five five TDs. And he rushed for one. I know. Old man got in the end zone. Game ball. Run. I know. Game ball. Uh, Matt LaFleur was calling him out on the team uh, yeah. team video, which was great. This was the game. Um, this surprised me. I know. So, dude, I mean. I've, I, I've recently been toting the Houston Texans I, we, as one of the better teams in the AFC. Well, I've been toting Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the Colts. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. 30-23, to 23, man. Form, former Brady backup. I know. And... Dude, what is it with these Brady backups doing decent? Not just decent. Well, Garoppolo is freaking undefeated. Yeah. But I'm saying Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett is, I mean, there was a reason why um he was a Brady backup. He had to have learned something. You yeah. Know what I mean? There's a reason why um Belichick didn't necessarily want to let him go. And I was shocked that he let him go into a a, a conference rival with, uh, with, you know, the Colts. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. But what really... What really hurt um, te- the Texans? Too many penalties. And you're letting the Colts just consistently get first downs by giving it to them on penalties. It, it it's not discipline, and especially with a team with uh, Whitney Merciless, JJ Watt. You know, you think they'd be a little bit better, be a little bit more disciplined. You you get Reckless guys penalties. In the it's it, it, yeah, it, it's stupid. But did you see the Eric Ebron catch? No, I didn't. Back in the end zone, it's catch of the year. Really, catch of the year, man. 
unbelievable. How first how he first he, how he corralled the ball, and second how he got both feet in. Unbelievable. Actually, I think I did see that. Incredible. It looked like Jacoby Brissett was throwing it away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's Eric Ebron. Pop right in his hand. Cardinals. Three Cardinals in a row. Dub. Oh, man. And now at 500. They are at 500. Which, it's a little grim that they're like, oh, our owner's dead. Now let's start winning. Let's start winning some games. We need let's to... start not being a 1-15 team. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, you know... Unbelievable. Just unbelievable that, that they've stormed back the way they have. And they're not storming back because of Kyler Murray. I'm not saying Kyler Murray isn't doing anything, but this has been like almost like a total team effort. Yeah. You're getting a lot from your defense. I mean, Chandler Jones had four sacks in this game. Yeah. Four sacks. You think the Patriots are missing him? I don't think so because the defense is phenomenal without oh, yeah. Chandler Jones. Chandler, yeah. But four sacks. And, again, when we talk about the Falcons – we're gonna we're gonna talk specifically about Chandler Jones versus okay. versus the entire Falcons defense. Um, 49ers, Redskins. There is not much to talk about in this game. The, so <laughs> we so, were sitting there Sunday. So Go ahead. Yeah, Matt is a Niners fan, and he was getting a lot of crap at work. Like, oh, your Niners only won by nine points. They won nine to nothing. What happened to Garoppolo? And they're like, well, did you see the game? And they're like, well, no. Then they're like, just go watch the game. It's what Matt and I have dubbed the Mud Bowl. Instead of the Snow Bowl, it's the Mud Bowl. Because it was monsoon rains, and the field wasn't turf. It's legit grass. Yeah. So it was mud. Guys were slipping. Guys were breaking their ankles. Guys were sliding all over. They couldn't hold on to the ball. They couldn't keep running. They kept slipping and getting stuck in the mud. It I'm surprised they were able to kick the ball out of the mud. I know. And Robbie Goldman, former Chicago Bear, I mean, he knows how to kick in the elements because he played in Chicago. <laughs> you know, it was all that was needed for this game. Yeah. He scored all nine points. Three, Three field, field goals. goals. And they weren't, and they were kind of chip shots because he missed the 45 yarder earlier in the game. And then the 49ers realized, man, we got to get closer. Yeah. And they just got closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Um, Titans, Chargers. Now, this is a heartbreaking way to lose a game. I think the Chargers have lost every game this year in the worst possible manner, but this might be the worst. You're driving to go into the end zone, and your running back who's been holding out all year, who's finally back on the team, finally getting his feet under him, fumbles at the goal line and gets recovered by the opposing team. What a kick. So I picked the Titans in this game last week. And... I saw that it was a, st- a touchdown. I got a notification by Bleacher that it was a touchdown. And then I checked the score after the game. I was like, wait, did they not score that touchdown? It's 23-20. It was 26-23. And then I saw that I was like, hey, he's stupid. I cannot believe that. And they had multiple opportunities at the one. And then they get a, then they almost get a freebie with an with a penalty that brings them back to the one. But friend of the channel Cody Parkey has signed with another NFL team. Mister Double Doink is the new kicker for the Titans. And do you know what he does in his first game back? He misses an extra point by hitting the upright. Seriously. Seriously. Yep, he hit his only field goal, forty five yards out. <laughs> but in the fourth quarter, he hits an upright. On an extra point. Oh, that's awesome. We love you, Cody Parkey. That's great. That's really funny. Yeah. 
Um, and then Saints Bears, Saints thirty six Bears twenty five. But this game wasn't even <coughs> wasn't even this close, guys. Um, you know, obviously highlight of the game for me as a Bears fan was Cordell Patterson's hundred and seven yard, you know, return return for a touchdown. Um, a lot of people have actually dubbed it like the prettiest play ever on camera because of the sky cam, the way it was kind of tracking yeah. the whole field. A lot of people have dubbed the way that that was shot is almost like a cinematic shot. Yeah. Um, almost like it was planned. But I'll tell you something right now. The Bears were garbage in this game. Oh, yeah. Garbage. The defense couldn't get off the field because they were tired. The offense wasn't helping out. 90 yards of offense through three quarters. 90 yards of offense. I can see the steam coming out of Dave's ears right no, now. Eyes, ears. I am pissed. I am pissed. You you come out of a bye week and you get 90 yards of offense through three quarters. You run the ball seven times for 17 yards. Okay? There is a legitimate issue with this team and it is and it is play calling. Yeah. It is play calling. And I'm not saying Mac Nagy needs to give up play calling duties. Not at all. Okay? But there's an there's a problem with play calling. You went and you've been talking up this David Montgomery all year, all training camp, all preseason. This is the guy. This is why we let Jordan Howard go. He's going to be a workhorse running back. I think he touched the ball twice. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Seriously. And then what's even worse is you. we, we were just talking about Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey was let go by the Chicago Bears because of the missed field goals and stuff like that, right? Yeah. This special teams unit gave up two blocked punts in this game. Mm-hmm. Two. Game started with a blocked punt, and then later on in the game, they the Saints blocked another punt. At some point, you need to look at the defense. You need to look at the special teams coordinator and sit down and see what he's doing wrong, because there's no reason, no reason to get two blocked punts. I mean, they did recover an onside kick later in the game. Not many teams have done that this year. Only yeah. two. No, actually, no. Only one team's recovered an onside kick with Chicago Bears. The other one was a return by the Bills for a touchdown. It yeah. wasn't a recovery. Um, and nobody on the Bears D is um making plays. I mean, that's what I have here for a note. I mean, I don't know if you have anything that you want to add about this game. But no. This was just... Nobody's making plays. No negative plays created. No altering plays created. They had one sack, and it wasn't even by Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack's being chipped. He's being chipped. By a running back or a tight end. He's being blocked by a left tackle, blocked by a left guard. Everybody else has one on ones. Somebody needs to do something. Yeah. And the Saints have put themselves in the best in a class with the best of the rest of the teams in the NFL. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater shut me up completely. But I'm sorry. This defense is is not getting any help from the offense. And at some point, this is reminding me a lot of the Jay Cutler Jay Cutler years as a Bears fan. A lot. Because yeah. you have this stellar defense with all this all-world talent, and it's being wasted. And I tell you right now, I'm going to be so mad if it gets wasted as an 8-8 eight and eight season. I'll be so mad. Yeah. Because this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and this offense is letting them down. Yeah. Uh, game of the week, Ravens-Seahawks. Which this game surprised me. I did not see the Ravens going into Seattle and winning this game. No. But it was because of two plays is why this game, this, this game flipped. Mm-hmm. You had... Russell Wilson throw his first interception of the year. Yep. And it's returned for a touchdown by by the guy they just acquired in a trade, Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Marcus Peters is the one who returns that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Peters knows this team very well because he was just playing for the Rams. Yeah. So um big swing of momentum there. And then 
DK Metcalf had his fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Yeah. Final score is 14 points. There's your 14 points, man. Because mm-hmm. these offenses were going back and forth all game. This game was tied in the half. It was two mistakes. It was two mistakes, and the team that took advantage of the mistakes won the game. This could be a Super Bowl preview. I could see it, yeah. It all depends on what happens with the Patriots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can the Patriots live up to what they're doing against all the bad teams when they stop playing good good competition? Yeah. But Which they have. I think they have a pretty good couple of games. I know they play the Browns, which should be a, a breeze for them. Yeah. But they get the Ravens after but that. But then they get the Ravens by Eagles. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... We'll get to it. The Eagles are trash this year, but it's still the Eagles in Philadelphia. Well, it's a Super Bowl rematch. I mean, they're the next game, Sunday Night Football. So, as an Eagles fan, I'm embarrassed of this past week. I'm very embarrassed of this week because two unnecessary fumbles in the beginning of the game. First six minutes, man. First six minutes, the game was over. Because 14 points, 14 to nothing in the first six minutes of the game. Eagles scored 10 through the entire game. Which, when we went back and we scored that touchdown after we shut them down, I was like, we still got a football game. No, we don't. No, we don't. Cowboys are the most legit team in the NFC East. Which <laughs> That's not saying much. Which... I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. The NFC East is the weakest division right now. Ooh, wait a minute. No, NFC North. At least at least every team has a win in the AFC East. The NFC North has the Bengals at zero and seven. Oh, the AFC North. I said AFC the North. NFC North. I was no, gonna be AFC like, North. um, no, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. It's the weakest division in the NFC. It's hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Which I would say we're playing as a three and four team right now. We're yeah. not playing as a team that should be seven and zero. We're playing as a team that should be three and four. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying this, and it might just be because I'm a fan, but we're beat up. We're still out Sproles. We're still out Deshaun Jackson, which Deshaun Jackson was a huge weapon week one. Deshaun Jackson was a huge weapon week two. And he's out. He's been out for the last five weeks, and he's probably going to be out for another two. He's probably not going to be ready until the Bears game. Hopefully, he's ready for the Bears game. No, hopefully, he isn't. For you, <laughs> for your, for your case, for my sake. Yeah, but wasn't it wasn't a good? We had four turnovers that whole game, and thirteen on the season. We only had twenty three last year, and we were out in the NFC divisional game. We're not gonna make it to the playoffs this year. I'm pretty sure we're gonna play seventeen. Uh, we're gonna play sixteen games, and our season's gonna be over. We're gonna go home. It's upsetting to say, unless the Cowboys start falling, that's the only way we could win this division. I don't know what to tell you, man. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, because there's no way either us or the Cowboys, whoever loses in that head-to-head race, is not making. A wild card spot. Oh no, the wild the card. The NFC is way too stacked. The wild cards are almost essentially locked down. I mean, we're talking about both our teams, right? Yeah. I mean, the Bears have got to do something. They're trailing. So they're trailing the Vikings, who they've already got a head to head win on mm-hmm. by two and a half games. Yep. And they're trailing the Packers by three and a half games. Yep. They have a loss to the Packers. 
the only saving grace, the only saving grace the Bears have is if they can if they can win another head-to-head against the Vikings. Yeah. And we're not going to find that out until week 17. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the Vikings may may have locked up the, a wild card position. Yeah. And the Bears now are just fighting, you know, fighting for draft stock. Yeah. Which they're not even going to have a first round pick because they traded it to the Raiders last year. Yeah. For Khalil. Well, again, I am not complaining about that. I love Khalil Mack. But again, you gave up your first round pick for Khalil Mack for next year. This year's first round pick and next year's first round pick. This year's first round pick was Josh Jacobs. He's looked pretty good so far. Yeah. He's not Khalil Mack good. Khalil Mack's an all pro. Could Josh Jacobs be that player? I don't know. Next year's first round pick, who knows what that's going to be. <coughs> I just, I don't want to see an 8-8 eight eight year from the Bears. Not with the amount of talent that's on this I don't want to see an 8-8 eight eight for the Eagles, but who knows. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean. 14-13, huh? Yeah, 14-13, man. Aaron Donald was seeing ghosts. Luckily for myself, that night, I went to go see ghosts at DCU Center with my son. Now, that doesn't mean that my phone didn't stop ringing and text messages didn't stop coming in and people sending me memes. And yeah, thanks, everybody. I know what I said. And if it wasn't for the fact that Donald and the Jets offense had six turnovers, go back and look at the stats. The Patriots offense did nothing in this game. They were set up on every one of their scores. Set up. So I understand what I said, and I'm going to stand by it. This Patriots offense is not that good. This Patriots defense is all world. Period. Period. They set up this offense, and they're hiding a lot of the mistakes on this offense because Brady threw another pick in this game. Yeah, he did. So Donald may have been seeing ghosts all over the field and just thrown at the Patriots because they were the only open guys. But, I mean... Give me a break. I want to see the Patriots for some real competition. Go ahead. Say what you have to say. The Ravens are going to be the Patriots' first loss. I think so. I could see it. I could see them losing into the wild card game. Or not in the wild card, into the bye week. Because they're going to beat the Browns next week. Unless Baker can get Mm -mm. his thumb out of his ass. (laughs) Sorry. What? Baker Mayfield, the guy with the most interceptions in the NFL, is facing the team with the most interceptions in the NFL? This is a recipe for a disaster. I'm t- anybody who plays DraftKings, anybody out there who plays DraftKings, make sure you pick the take the Patriots defense, okay? Because they're about to throw up another shutout. They're about to probably get five more interceptions. At least two of them are being returned for touchdowns. And they're going to sack the crap out of poor Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr. is about to throw the biggest hissy fit he has thrown since last year. <laughs> And I think that's going to call our recap because we're going to go into our picks yeah. for week eight. Oh, God, because I'm already foreshadowing some of my picks with the things I just said. So you can go first. So Seahawks-Falcons. I Hawks got the Hawks. in that game. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good bounce back game for the Hawks after a tough loss. Again, they're playing Swiss cheese. With, <laughs> we, just, we just talked about the Patriots. Here's the exact opposite. So here you go. Are you ready? You ready for this? Chandler Jones had four sacks in one game. Mm-hmm. The Falcons have five sacks all year. All year. Patriots forced six turnovers last week. The Falcons have four all year. Oh, two of them are against your uh, Eagles, by the way. Thank you. Not a problem. Jerk. <laughs> Speaking of my Eagles, uh, Eagles at Bills. Bills. I picked the Eagles because I'm, I'm a fan. Listen, I have But I know we're losing this game. 
We are going to lose this game to the Bills, Listen, but then we're going to win against the Bears in Philadelphia. High five. All I'm going to say is every week I take the Bears no matter what. So yeah. I understand. I have them going 17 yeah. and 0 every single year. So high five, 17 16 and 0. 0. That's right. Oh, speaking of the Bears. Speaking of the Bears, Chargers at Bears. I had the Bears. Yeah. The Bears. Bears are, I feel like you guys are going to uh, We need you guys are going to beat Philip Rivers. We need oh Philip Rivers beats Philip Rivers. He's too busy thinking about his 13th child. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bears need this win. They have a very tough stretch coming up. They're going to be at the Eagles, which is the game we're going to. Yep. Then they get the Lions at home, and then they have to go to L.A. and play the Rams. Yeah. And the Rams looked a little bit more revamped. Again, I don't think um, the Rams are 100% solved yet, but give them a couple more weeks. They may wake up. Who the hell knows? Got, Todd Gurley just may be a little hampered. Yeah, it's it might be of, what it is. Exactly. Um, Giants at the Lions. Lions going to get with this one. Get right Lions. They're going to get right Lions, yep. Yeah. Um, Jags or Jets at Jags. Minshew Magic. All right, this is the first week I'm actually not going with Minshew Magic. Really? You're picking the Jets here? Yeah, because Donald won't be throwing the ghosts because Jalen Ramsey's not on the Jags anymore. So the one good defensive back that they had, you know, I, I, I see Donald getting having a get-right game against this defense. Prove me right, Donald, please. I don't need all the crap for the second straight week. Just prove me right. Then we have the O for Bengals. Going to Los Angeles for the Rams. Rams. Tuka Tank time for the Bengals. You think the Bengals are going to beat the Rams? No. Oh. It's Tuka Tank time. They want oh. They want their eighth loss. They want to make sure they get the number one pick. Oh, okay. So I got the Rams, yeah. Uh, cards at Saints. <sighs> I got the Saints. This breaks my heart. But yeah, I'm taking the Saints, and it's just because the Saints are so tough in the Big Easy. <laughs> They're such a good yeah. team at home. Um, Bucks at the Titans. I got the Titans. Me too. And I'm not sure if you saw my little note, what I have there. Cody Parkey hits the game-winning field goal. Yep. Just to, just, just to drive in the knife a little further. It's, you know, twist it. Twist a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to hit it. He's gonna, it's going to be a bank shot. He's going to doink it off the left upright. <laughs> it's going to go doink right through. Game-winning field goal. Um, we got the Broncos at the Colts. Colts are winning this game. Yeah, the Colts uh, took control of their division last week. And... <laughs> They're going to remain on top. Yeah. Just, I think I think there's a good probability of them staying on top of that division, especially with the Texans faltering and stuff like that. Yep. Get the Panthers at the Niners. I got the Niners. I got the Panthers. Panthers on a bye week. And last week, um, Adrian Peterson played very well against the 49ers yeah. rush defense. I want to see what McCaffrey can do against his defense. I want to see who's going to stop McCaffrey on this defense. Yeah. And think about this. Jimmy Garoppolo is undefeated as a, as a 49ers quarterback. Kyle Allen is undefeated as the Panthers quarterback. Something's got to give in this game. Okay. Um, we got the Raiders at the Texans. I got Houston. Raiders. Yep. Josh Jacobs is going to go off in this game. I think Houston. I think Deshaun uh, Deshaun Watson is going to get back into the groove and lead himself to the win. It's not going to be a big win. Okay. It's not going to be a huge difference, but it's going to be by a touchdown. I just like I just like Josh Jacobs grinding the ball in this game. All right. Browns at the Pats. Pats. Like I was just saying. Ofer. They're not scoring. They're getting ba- shut out. Baker Mayfield is in for a long day at the office. I have written down here he's going to throw four more interceptions. I think earlier I said six. You said five. I said five. Yeah, I'm just going to up it. Six picks. He's going to throw six interceptions and two of them being returned for touchdowns. Six picks, two strip sacks? No, no strip sacks. No, he's going to throw the ball six times in this game. They're all going to be intercepted and he's going to get benched. <laughs> Who's their backup? Who cares? Because he's gonna he he's gonna throw another three. 
This is the, the biggest paycheck he's gonna get is his Hulu has live sports ads and his Baker at home ads. It's those are gonna be his biggest paychecks at this point. It's bad, man. It, it's so bad. This couldn't set up any better for anybody who plays DraftKings because this is gonna be god awful. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, then we have the pack going Ooh, to Arrowhead. I have the pack winning at Arrowhead. I think so too. Um, but this win, I think, is going to essentially lock up the North for the Packers. Possibly, yeah. And then we have the O for Dolphins going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins this. Pittsburgh's going to win that game easily. Yeah, it's um Pittsburgh. I don't know if they have anything left to play for this year. To be honest with you, I wouldn't say. Um, so this is just a pride thing. Um, they're going to be chasing the Ravens. Oh yeah, the Ravens are the class of that division. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the MLB playoffs. Dude, Saturday night was insane. In uh, Where were you Saturday night? Where was I Saturday night? You should have been sitting down in front of your TV watching the ALCS. That's where you should have been. Because the ending to that game was incredible. Oh, the Altuve. Homer. Incredible, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you something right now. Jose Altuve... You know, he's not a big guy. Was he 5'6"? Yeah, if that even. You know what I mean? He's a foot shorter than Judge. And, and Judge is 6'7". Yeah. And the fact that he stands up there, and after the game, he's like, yeah, I was just trying to... He was just trying to lay just, a ball in. Yeah, I was, just try, I was just trying to get it into the gap. You know, try to score the game-winning run. He didn't hit it in the gap. He practically almost hit it out of the stadium. Yeah, there's probably a dent in Astro Stadium. No. That's incredible, man. Just incredible. Um, and it's great because it came right after DJ LeMahieu tied the game in the yeah, top of the ninth. In the top of the ninth, yeah. What a what a what an ALCS though, man. That entire game was so good, and it was a bullpen game too. The Astros didn't have a starter in that game. I think they put out like seven or eight pitchers through the out the entire course of that game. So in nine innings, they put out eight pitchers, just because they they didn't have a starter to go. It, it, crazy, but that set up the that set up the um. I set up the World Series, but I have a I had a question here, and it's a question for you, Doinks, as well. For anybody who watched the uh, the ALCS, what was the nicer defensive play? Was it Josh Reddick's dive when the score is three two in the sixth with two runners on? Was it Brantley's double play of Judge off of first base to end the seventh, or Altuve Carrera Guriel the four six three double play to end the eighth? I gotta say the four six three. I love four six three double plays. That was the prettiest play, but Josh Reddick's play took some. Brass cojones, my <laughs> friend. Dude, first of all, he even admits that he took the wrong step to start that play. He dives and misses that. It's a different game. Yeah, it is. It, it may be an inside the park home run. Three yeah. runs are scoring on that play. He, what a play. I love out, I love outfield dives, especially someone like Reddish. Reddick, first of all, he walks out the careless whisper by Wham. Might be the third greatest song of all time. And the fact that he takes so many of his. He almost caught the home run ball in the top of the ninth, too. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. He wasn't even on the field. Brantley got moved over from left field to right field on that play. Yep. Reddick would have made that catch. Yeah. I can promise you that. Now, I'm going to kind of break in here because before we get into the World Series, today, as of recording this Thursday, October 24th, four Boston Red Sox were announced as Golden Glove nominees. The entire Red Sox outfield was announced. Yeah. Ben Attendee, Bradley, and Betts. 
questionable that they could be the best outfield in the in the league? Mm. Side to side. I don't think Betts deserves the um the the nomination. Um Betts had a better offensive year than he did defensive, in my opinion. Bradley, though. Well, Bradley's the best center fielder in the majors defensively. The guy makes plays that nobody else can make. I feel like that's the reason he still has a job with the Red Sox is yeah. his outfielding. Yeah, he's not much. great behind the plate, but best in the outfield, he's man, phenomenal. Best outfield in the majors. Man. <laughs> I really can't think of a corner-to-corner outfield that's better. Gloves, arm, you know, game-changing plays. Was talking about Betts doesn't deserve Golden Glove. You remember his right field to third base pitch out? Okay. He had a couple of times. Yeah. What about Ramon Laureano from deep center to first base without a hop? I mean, come on. You want to talk on power? Talk Ramon Laureano. Yeah, he may take a couple of bad cut reads on balls, but you don't run on Ramon Laureano in plenty. The Red Sox learned that in the first series of the year. How's that? Yeah, we did. Yeah. So. Um, no, I would go, yeah, if you're going to go, if you're going to go side to side, left to right, yeah, I think the Red Sox have the best yeah. defensive Yeah, and JD outfield. can also be put out there when needed. Uh, I would keep him in the infield. I'd keep him DHing. Oh, yeah, obviously, you don't, he's a liability on the, on the field, he's just like yeah. Albert Pujols at this point, you know what I mean, yeah. a huge liability, but God, you need that bat in the lineup. Um, I know Oakland's got a couple of guys who are nominated, um, they may have the best infield in the majors. Yeah, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, and um, um, my boy, Marcus Simeon, mm-hmm. all nominated. Yeah, and then the other Red Sox that wasn't uh, nominated, Christian Vasquez. Mm, okay, I, I, I don't see it because of the fact that catcher, he's kind of a part-time a, catcher. Uh, yeah, he had a couple good throws, but he also plays on, on first sometimes. Yeah, I just. Oh no, I I I always I always want full time catchers yeah. up for, up for the glove. Yeah, not 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 guys who aren't playing 140 games. Yeah, I he think, I think he played like 110. Yeah, because we had Sandy Leon still yeah. too. I don't think that's enough. I yeah. really don't. Well, moving on to the World Series. Go ahead. So, World Series, Nats, Astros. I said the Nats were going to win this World Series. I did too. Um, but I didn't say it was going to be. I said it was going to be in seven. Or in six. Yeah. But we're going to spoil everything right now. As of recording this, Nats are 2-0. They swept them in, in Houston, Houston yeah, in the first two games. And they did it in commanding fashion. Yes and no. Um, The second game was commanding. Yeah. The second game they kind of took over. The first game was a good back and forth. Yeah. It was a very good back and forth. And it's funny because you're talking about all these all-world pitchers. You're talking about... You know, this is an homage to old school pitching in, in the majors where you're not worried about your bullpen. You've got strong arms in the front end. They can control games. Strasburg, Verlander, Garrett Cole, um, Max Scherzer. Dude, these offenses have been hitting the hitting the ball and hitting it out of the park. Yeah, they have. I mean, there's been a lot of home runs already in this series. Verlander was hit nine pitches for, I think, a two-runner in the first inning. Yeah. Yeah. Nine pitches hits a two runner. Yeah, that put them up. Yeah, that that's game two. Yeah, game one, man, it was the same thing. You know, the bottom of the first, Gurriel comes up, hits a two run double to give the Astros a lead, and then what does Garrett Cole do? 
gives a run right back. Zimmerman comes up in his first ever World Series plate appearance, by the way, and hits a home run. And this one landed on the train tracks mm-hmm. in, in Houston. So he hit that one pretty much out of the stadium. Um, Scherzer then showed why Scherzer is Scherzer by working out of a couple of jams. Um, and then the home run ball again, man. I mean, the ball's got to be juiced at this point because of the amount of balls that are leaving the park. And and Soto's was an opposite field home yeah, run. Soto. Ties the game 2-2. Um, top of the fifth, Adam Eaton drives in uh, Kurt Suzuki to give the Nationals a lead, and they never looked back at that point. Yep. They would um, they would continue to build in that. Um, Rendon beats out a uh, ground ball in the next batter, drives in two more. Now it's 5-2. And this is the first time that Cole has given up you know, five earned runs since May. So last week, he stops his double-digit K streak, and this week, he gives up five runs for the first time since May. Yeah, long seasons are wearing on these arms. Yeah, very definitely. long seasons. Um, also, something I actually found kind of funny is Cole did not record a one-two-three inning until the seventh. And Scherzer didn't record his until the fifth. That's crazy. We're talking strong arms here. Couldn't even get one, two, three. That's that's nuts. That just shows you how good these lineups actually are. And it also shows you how tired these guys are. Yeah. Uh, George Springer does lead off the bottom of the seventh with a home run. Um, He now has the Major League Baseball record for consecutive games with a home run um, with five, breaking his tie with uh, Reggie Jackson and Lou Gehrig, who both had four. Um. Daniel Hudson works out of bases loaded to end the seventh, which was nice. And then, you know, Sean Doolittle comes in and uh, gets himself a four-out save and closes the door on Houston. And Houston, you know, goes down 0-1 against the Nationals in a 5-4 loss. I mean, the Nationals took control of this game. They took control of the next game, though, man. You know, yeah, it, w- yeah it was it was tied 2-2. You know <sighs> what I mean? Yeah, that then- two-run homer after the four-pitch walk by Verlander. Yeah. Oh, the fourth run. time yeah. in his 14-year career, he's given up a four-pitch walk. Yeah. And so, then five pitches later, knocks a... Yeah, Rendon hits a double. Double, yeah. Knocks in two runs, man. And and the thing is that the Astros were able to tie the game right up. Yeah. Two-run home run. And again, we're talking about a, a another good pitcher, Steven Strasburg. I was talking a couple of weeks ago about how his ERA was like .28 or something like that in all the playoffs since he's been a starting pitcher. You know, he gives up a two-run home run. Um, the thing is, though, that this game should have actually been 3-2 because Altuve hits a double with one out, and then he goes to steal third and gets bagged. Yeah. Brantley then hits a single, <coughs> gets himself on base, and then, you know, Bregman hits the home run. So, technically, Altuve should have scored on the single, makes it 2-1, and then Brantley scores on the home run. It should be 3-2. It's a completely different game at that point. Completely different game. Yeah. Instead, we're at a 2-2 game, and it becomes a pitcher's duel all the way into the seventh. All the way into the seventh. And the bottom of the sixth, the Nationals work themselves out of a jam. Mm-hmm. Two outs, full count, gets the strikeout. Strasburg with the big fist pump, gets to the dugout. The very next batter, the top of the seventh, Kurt Suzuki hits a home run. First career postseason home run. Breaks a tie, and the rest of the game is over at that point. Six runs. Six runs in that inning. Six runs. Yeah. 
Game got blown open. Then in the seventh, I'm sorry, in the eighth, two more runs are added on. They added another run on in the ninth. And I mean, yeah, sure, on the bottom of the ninth, Maldonado hits a garbage home run. But they did not, the Astros did not score from the first inning all the way until the ninth inning. So much dead space in between there with that lineup. But that tells you a lot about how Strasburg got himself straight. Even even um, Verlander got straight. But as soon as as soon as soon Suzuki hit that home run, manager Falls A.J. Apart. Hinch came in, took Verlander out, and that was it. Yep. Once it got to the bullpen, it just became open season, and the, the Nationals were just hitting the tar off the ball. Just, you know what I mean? Beating out ground balls. Zimmerman, you know, Zimmerman beats out in his second... They call them bunt, swinging bunts because that's essentially what it is. It's just a dribbler up the third base line, yeah. and then Bregman throws the ball away. It's just, I'm happy to see the Nationals up, and I want to see them win this World Series. I could see them win it in four. I could see them. Well, maybe five. They might have to go back to, to uh, Houston. Houston for one game, and they'll win it in Houston. Which I mean, I wouldn't want to see if they have to win it I'd in like more than four. They need to win it in six. Yeah, because they need to win it in. Uh, the it, nation's capital because it's the first time the uh, Nats have ever been. Yep, and it's the first time since 1933 that there's been a World Series in the nation's capital. Yeah, since so. the Senators. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be fun um, to see what the Nationals can do here. It's going to be not, it's going to be fun for Zimmerman, see if he can get a title. Um, and there couldn't be a more lower brow franchise in all of Major League Baseball like the Houston Astros, who should get their comeuppance. Yeah, and there's plenty of articles out there. I'm not going to tell you guys anything that you can't find on the internet but this is a lowbrow organization mm-hmm. and, and it's revenge against Bryce Harper yeah oh that's such it's a rub in the face of Bryce Harper addition by subtraction yeah which we don't talk basketball but um Celtics Celtics addition by subtraction I was talking about this with uh Tony the other day and um the subtraction they of Kyrie. Kyrie yeah and they could, pick could, up Kemba Walker could this team be better Without Kyrie, hundred percent, I think so too. Because we got Kemba Walker, and then we have a yeah. bunch of other guys that we've had. Gordon Hayward's back. Yep, Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. no, I think Jalen Brown. I think they could be a very good team, and I think the whole addition subtraction thing makes sense. But you got to remember, the NBA is a players' league. Yeah, whatever team has the best players is really who's going to advance. Yeah. and it proved it last night. You know, highlight for the NBA: Celtics lost their opener. You know, seventy sixes yeah. beat them. Yep. So. It's one of these things where we don't talk a lot of NBA, but when we're talking addition by subtraction with Bryce Hopper, let's see what the Celtics can do by having their addition by subtraction with no yep. more uh, Kyrie Irving. Yep. But moving on to the Hockey League, uh, National Hockey League. National Hockey League. We got some standings to go over. Now, we're not not necessarily going to go over the entire standings. Nope. Top but, three teams in each division. Yes. So, the Atlantic. We got the Sabres at 8-1-1. The Bees at 6-1-2. And the leaves at five four and two. In the metro, we got the Caps at seven two and two, Hurricanes at six three and zero, and the Pengs at six four and zero. Central, we got the Avs at number one at seven one and one, got the Preds at five three and one, and the Blues at four two and three. It's good to see them in the top three. It is, and the fact that they handed the Avalanche their first regulation <laughs> loss of the entire season. Yep, says a lot about where this team may be heading. And then we got at the Pacific, we got the Oilers. Edmonton's looking good, dude. At 7-2-1, Vegas at 6-4-0, and they got a tie between the Canucks and the Ducks at 6-3-0 and 6-4-0. A 12-point tie. Yep. The Ducks and the Canucks. 
Yeah. Now, looking at the NHL power rankings by uh, NBC, we have the Avs at number one, the Hurricanes at number two, the Caps at three, the Knights at four, and the Bees at five. Mm-hmm. Now, where the hell are the Sabres? So, here's the way I look at it. There's two teams that are leading their divisions that are not in the top five. The Sabres and the Oilers. I'll pick on the Sabres. You can pick on the Oilers because the Sabres are in the east, which is where your team is, and the mm-hmm. Oilers are in the west, which is where my team is. So my problem with the with the Sabres is they got off to a really fast start last year. Same essential start that they are doing it this year. And then they started to falter. Now, don't get me wrong. A year experience does help you out. We also know what helps you get to a very good record like 8-1-1. One, and one. The fact that your goaltender has a 95% stop you know, stopping 95% of the pucks that come his way, and your top shooters are scoring at a 35% click. So one out of every three of their shots is going in the back of the net. That's not going to happen all year, and it's not going to happen when you're facing better competition. I'm not saying that they've only faced weak competition, but what I'm saying is when they stop playing good goaltending, those one out of three shots are not going to happen. And when they stop facing good offenses, you're not going to stop 95% of shots. Simple as that. Yep. So what about you and the Oilers? So the Oilers are not in the top five because they have three bad losses to far inferior teams. They lost uh, one, won a game, and then lost two in a row. They lost to Chicago. Then they won six to three against the Flyers. They won two to one against the Red Wings, and they lost... One to nothing against the Winnipeg Jets. Yay, yay, Chris Jericho. And then they lost three to nothing against the Minnesota Wild. These are games that they shouldn't have lost. No. No. So, and I even mean, the games they're winning against some of these inferior teams is it, just too close. Yeah. It's just too close for comfort. Yep. So, I think the top five makes a lot of sense. Um, it's nice that they have the Bruins where they have them. Um, I, I only have one big apprehension when it comes to the Bruins. My my thing with them is that all this scoring is basically done by three guys. Postra, um, Marchand, Marchand and, Bergeron. and Bergeron. There's nobody else scoring for that team. Yeah. And I mean, you don't really need to score much when your goaltenders are doing what they're doing for that team. Yeah. But there's going to come to a point in the season where you're going to have to win like a 6-5 game and defenses are just basically not going to let those guys score and yeah. somebody else on the team needs to score. Sec- yeah. You need some secondary scoring. Yeah. So... Um, do you have any headlines you want to talk about with the Bruins? The, no, that was basically it. It's it's the posture. It's the posture show right now. <laughs> yeah, it honestly, is. I think he's. I I could be wrong, but I think he's already got like ten goals. It's crazy. I think he's got nine or ten. I didn't look up the stats this week. And so. four of them was in one game, and then two the next. It's it's literally been the posture show. Yeah, and I mean the games we've lost. I'm pretty sure we lost two straight to the Leaves, and then one to the Avs. Yeah, you did lose to the Avs. Yeah. Or I know I know we lost at least one to the Leaves. We lost four to three in overtime. Yep. Your two overtime losses are against the Maple Leafs and, the and against the Avalanche. And I don't, I don't remember who our other loss was against. Yeah, the other one was a regulation loss. I don't know who that was against either. I know the Avalanche only have two losses. One was against the Penguins in overtime, and the other one was regulation versus the Blues, which just happened this week. The Blues won 3-1. And unfortunately in that game, um, Rantanen had to leave with a lower body injury. Um which sucks because, you know, him and McKinnon are basically our best two forwards. So I'm going to correct you here. The Avs was in a regulation loss. It was? Yes. Oh. Our two overtime losses was against 
Tampa Bay. Okay. And uh, Toronto. Okay. Which Tampa Bay was in a shootout. Toronto was in overtime. Okay. So. Um. But yeah, the Avalanche have a real tough, um, tough week coming up. Obviously, Rantanen's out. Um, obviously, plays like uh, McKinnon are going to step up. But this is a tough week for them because if you really think about it, they've got um, games in back-to-back days. They've got to go to the Golden Knights, and then they've got to come back home and face the Ducks. They're going to have three games before the next time we record, and they need to win six points in those next three games. Yeah, Tough competition. You can't afford a bad loss. You can't afford a regulation loss. You need to get these games into overtime, get them to shootouts, and at least get a point in these games. But there's games where they just need to win, and they need to put their foot down on some of the other competition. They need to beat the Vegas Golden Knights, like like you said, the number two in the Pacific, and they're going to be facing the number three team in the Pacific, the Ducks, in back-to-back nights. So let's see what they can do going forward. Yeah, and our next game is actually coming out the day before this game. This show is coming out. It is a Stanley Cup rematch with the Blues against the Blues, and then we go for Sunday against the Rangers. Oof. Which you even the be- Ra- if the Rangers aren't great, the Rangers are always tough, no matter what. Oh yeah, because the the one of the B's biggest rivals is the Rangers. So it's going to be an interesting season. Like we always say this every week, it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be up and down for our, all both of our teams, all the teams throughout the league. Nah. Abs have only lost two games this year. They're only losing two games all year. Yeah, okay. Let's go. All right. We'll see. We'll see December 7th when we go to the okay. Bruins Abs game. We, we will see. We yeah. will see. We, I think we're already up in that series 1 all right? Yeah. Well, well, whatever. Okay. So, uh, we don't have any major premiership or Bundesliga, Bundesliga news. Nope. Touch on um, that next week. Yeah, we'll touch on that. We'll kind of do that every couple of weeks because there, there's one game a week. It's not like NFL where there's a bunch of games um, that really are important because... Uh, seeding, seeding, and, and everything. Um, with soccer, it's like it's a table. Everyone's in the same division, so there's no real playoffs. So it only really needs touched a couple of weeks, every couple of weeks. But I do appreciate everyone coming out and listening to tonight. That's always um, guys. If you guys notice, the sports show is very Dave heavy because he's like a major sports geek, like a lot more than I am. Um, but I do have my knowledge when it comes to certain sports and such like that. That's but why we use you for the Bundesliga. Exactly. Uh, premiership the Premiership. And uh, I get, I have a little bit of touch in this football and a little bit of touch in the baseball. But You sprinkle on the salt and pepper. Yeah. And, and wrestling is my forte. Oh, yes. So that's that's where a lot of that goes in. But we do appreciate you guys coming out all the time, uh, giving us your feedback. This is a lot of fun for us. Yeah. So Like, pre- share, and subscribe. Yeah. Sorry to that's cut all you off we touch. ask. No problem. And um, I think that's it. So we got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.